WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. Governor Gretchen Whitmer gave the keynote address at the commencement ceremony for the Oakland University College of Arts and Sciences today. She told students the future is wide open. Maybe your paths will lead you to public service or government. Maybe your paths will lead you to be a governor. That's something I'd be happy to talk with you about when you're ready. Whitmer said each graduate enters the world as a, quote, educated, passionate young person, which is the most powerful thing you can be. The university said it was honored to have her. A grant of $975,000 has been awarded to Benton Harbor for the cleanup of Ox Creek. This latest piece of funding comes from the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration through its Coastal Habitat Restoration and Resilience Grant for Underserved Communities program. The Southwest Michigan Planning Commission has received it on the city's behalf and will use it to hire an administrator to manage an effort to revitalize the area surrounding Ox Creek. The new project administrator will help to build a coalition of residents, conduct community outreach, develop a habitat restoration plan with public input, and implement two pilot habitat restoration projects. This is just the latest infusion of cash for the cleanup of Ox Creek with a $3 million U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development grant previously announced. There's a new chief deputy at the Berrien County Sheriff's Department. Greg Sanders took over the position two weeks ago following the retirement of Robert Boyce. Sanders tells us he started with the department in 1996 and has worked several positions, including at the jail, on patrol as a sergeant in the radio room, and as a patrol supervisor. He was promoted to a lieutenant in 2007 and became head of the detective bureau in 2010. Sanders says he took the new job to have a challenge. I'm fortunate to work at an organization, a larger organization, and there's been a lot of opportunities here to do different things. And I think that's important to change up jobs and have different things to do. Sanders says he'll be coordinating with other agencies and organizing the staff. He'll also supervise the patrol officers. Sanders tells us he wants a good relationship with the community. Crime is a quality of life issue, and I think it's important that we continue to hire good people, work hard at holding up the community's trust. Sanders says it's important for the department to find quality people, especially these days when the public gives more scrutiny to police and the actions of a bad officer can harm an entire department. He wants to continue to improve the sheriff's department's relationship with the public, adding he's been fortunate to work under Sheriff Paul Bailey all these years. He's a native of Stevensville. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has been briefed on a new program that could help homeowners who have fallen behind on payments to stay in their homes. The County Finance Committee this week heard from Treasurer Shelley Wyke about MyHalf, or the Michigan Homeowner Assistance Fund, Commissioner Terry Freeling told colleagues who it helps. It was launched to assist homeowners that may be having hardship, whether it be mortgage delinquencies, defaults, foreclosures. We had discussed in finance committee, mobile home park lot payments also would be eligible in this. Homeowners with household incomes less than 150% of the area medium income. Freeling said the program was made possible by the 2021 American Rescue Plan. Wyke told the committee this week the county has about $12.4 million in delinquent taxes this year, about a million dollars more than last year. A fifth-grade teacher from Our Lady of the Lake Catholic School in St. Joseph is the recipient of an award from You Can Lend a Hand, an organization that supports Catholic schools throughout northern Indiana and western Michigan. Lindsay Goshgarian has been teaching since 2009 and has been with Our Lady of the Lake since 2012. She runs twice-yearly student retreats and introduces Lakers to the Science Fair and Innovation Expo. She also plans to start teaching STEM classes to K-5 through students next year. 
She received the Christ the Teacher Award from You Can Lend a Hand at a reception this month. The keynote speaker was Bishop Paul Bradley, and Goshgarian won the award out of nominations for more than 40 schools. She says, quote, teaching is a profession that is mainly practiced in front of students. It feels great to be able to be acknowledged in the larger community as well. Our Lady of the Lake Elementary Principal Sherry Kirshner says Goshgarian is, a quote, deliberate in her lesson planning. Her days are full of cross-curricular activities, Catholic culture, and instructional best practices. The Avenue Family Network is holding a special fundraiser ahead of Mother's Day to help support survivors of domestic violence. Chief Strategy Officer Robin McGinnis tells us money raised will go towards supporting the Cora Lamping Center, which is a shelter for those escaping abuse. It's a 23-bed shelter with nine rooms. We provide free services and education in the community for all of Southwest Michigan, so Berrien, Cass, and Van Buren. The majority of people that we have in the shelter are women and children. McGinnis says the center gets around 75 to 100 calls per month and is often full. It costs around $800,000 a year to run. We provide everything that they may need, from toiletries to food to clothing, all the advocacy and support services they may need. McGinnis says some women have to stay there for as long as 90 days. The shelter also provides counseling and legal support. The Avenue Family Network's Mother's Day online donation events will run through May 14th. You can donate at theavenue.ngo. And this coming Wednesday is a bike and roll to school day around Michigan. It's a program of the Michigan Department of Transportation intended to get kids to take a safe and healthy route to school by walking, biking, or rolling. The day was previously known as Bike to School Day, and its name was changed in 2012 to reflect the broad range of ways that a student might get to school on a bike or on foot. Schools around the state coordinate events for the day, and it's still not too late to register. We'll have a link to more information about the program on our website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. Democratic House leaders are slamming GOP members for their refusal to raise the debt ceiling without conditions. This comes as House Republicans increase pressure on President Biden to come to the negotiating table. Morph maybe sees M. Wynn in Washington. A standoff between the White House and House Republicans continues on how to raise the debt ceiling before the U.S. defaults this summer. Minority leader Hakeem Jeffries slammed congressional Republicans for what House Democrats have said is holding the issue hostage. America should always pay her House Republicans just passed a bill that would raise the debt ceiling contingent on other spending cuts, including limiting federal spending, rescinding COVID relief money, and blocking student loan relief, but this legislation is considered dead on arrival. House Republicans produced a ransom note. M1, ABC News, Washington. Abortion bans in deeply conservative Nebraska and South Carolina each fell short of advancing in close legislative votes amid heated debates among Republicans. It's another sign that abortion is becoming a difficult issue for the GOP. Cheers erupted outside the Nebraska Legislative Chamber on Thursday as the last vote was counted. Opponents of the bill waved signs and chanted, Whose house? Our house. In South Carolina, Thursday's vote was the third attempt since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last summer to strict bans on abortion. Fourteen states have bans in place on abortion at all stages of pregnancy. The Federal Reserve today released a highly anticipated review of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. It says bank managers failed to manage the bank's risk, but the Fed is also taking its share of the blame, adding once regulators identified risks, it didn't act fast enough. The FDIC also released a report on the signature bank failure, blaming its slow response in part on staffing shortages exacerbated during the pandemic. 
Here's ABC's Elizabeth Schulze with details. At the time that SVB failed on March 10th, there were 31 unaddressed safe and soundness warnings from the Federal Reserve. In other words, it had gone as far as to warn the bank that there were problems, but it hadn't done anything to force them to act on it. So the Fed is saying it could have been more forceful here, but it's also blaming the management of the bank, saying that they took risks that they knew were too risky in the first place, and they should have been more aware of that and the impact that it would have on their customers. In massive victories for Republicans, North Carolina's state Supreme Court has thrown out previous rulings that threw out a previous ruling against gerrymandered voting maps. It also upheld a voter voter identification law that colleagues had struck down as racially biased. Today's ruling likely gives the GOP-controlled legislature the ability to rework the state's congressional map for next year's election to help Republicans gain seats in the narrowly divided U.S. House. Under the previous map, Democrats won seven of the state's 14 congressional seats last November. The court swept away decisions made in December when the Democrats held a 4-3 to seat advantage. The decisions are likely to mean a photo ID mandate will soon be required in North Carolina elections. The U.S. evacuated its embassy in Sudan last weekend, but State Department officials say efforts to help Americans leave continue. More from ABC's Brian Clark. State Department spokesman Vedant Patel says several hundred American citizens have left Sudan by land, sea and air in two weeks of fighting. But he says people who are considering leaving should not wait. This is a very fluid and dynamic situation. We cannot guarantee travelers' safety, nor can we guarantee how long these departure options will be available. He says so far fewer than 5,000 American citizens have requested additional information about leaving. Brian Clark, ABC News. The father of two of the victims of a deadly shooting rampage in Maine says he and his children are recovering from their injuries and grateful for the support they've received from the community. Sean Sean Halsey said today the family is also baffled why such violence befell them while they were driving down the highway. Police say a 34-year-old man confessed last week to four killings at a home and injuring three people while shooting at vehicles on Interstate 295 in Yarmouth. Shortly after the discovery of the bodies, police responded to gunshots fired at several vehicles more than 20 miles to the south on a busy highway. The EPA has granted a waiver of its own rules to allow the sale of gasoline blended with a higher percentage of ethanol this summer. More from ABC's Dave Packer. Most gasoline sold in the United States is blended with 10% ethanol. Higher ethanol blends have been banned in the summer due to concerns it would worsen smog. But in an effort to reduce prices at the pump, the EPA is granting a waiver, allowing gas to be blended with 15% ethanol or E15. The agency saying the move will reduce prices at the pump, while at the same time supporting American farmers. But while you may be paying less per gallon, expect more trips to the gas station. The Department of Energy has found that vehicles will travel up to 5% fewer miles on E15 than on 100% gasoline. Dave Packer, ABC News. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is on his first international trade mission in four years, and he can't get away from questions about his feud with Disney World. While DeSantis projects the image of a fighter, the spat with Disney over an anti-LGBTQ law and the theme park's right to self-govern is starting to distract from other messages and could threaten an expected presidential campaign now that Disney is dragging DeSantis to court. DeSantis got a big bump in attention and support from his base when the feud first started, But as it's dragged on, more Republicans are beginning to question his wisdom. And Colorado's governor has signed a group of new gun control measures, and already they're being challenged. More if maybe sees Alex Stone. Prompted by November's mass shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs and so many other mass shootings over the years in Colorado, the governor is signing four new gun laws. They strengthen Colorado's red flag laws and expose the firearm industry to lawsuits. And two of the laws were already being challenged as gun rights groups immediately sued. 
One raises a buying age for a gun in Colorado from 18 to 21. The other imposes a three-day waiting period between buying and obtaining a gun. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.